Welcome back to the Brick Wall Series podcast. I am Steve Long, your co-host. And I'm Hillary Long, your co-co-host. Like Coke, like cocoa, like chocolate? Because I'm, I'm kind of the, the cocoa one here. More, you are cocoa. Um, more like milk chocolate, though, or like a dark caramel. But no, like wow. a co, co-host. A co oh, to I'm the with co-host. You. I'm with you. I'm with you. That's That's pretty deep. Wow. All right, folks, let's uh, this week we want to talk about empathy and specifically the relationship between empathy and gratitude. It is my not so humble opinion that gratitude should underpin everything we do in life and that it's empathy that should inform that gratitude. I think most people understand the first part of that equation, right? Most people understand uh, saying that they're thankful, the need to be thankful that they should express being thankful and being grateful for things. Uh, but it's the second part that really trips up a lot of people. So if, if you're going to say that you're thankful for something in your life, this can be a thing. It can be a person. It can be a scenario or a circumstance. If you're going to say you're thankful for something for me, it rings hollow. If you don't simultaneously give deep thought to what the inverse of that thing is or what it's like to not have that thing. For example, if you're going to say that you're thankful that you have a job, you have to also think about, really think about what it means to not have a job and to think about, about people who don't have a job or have a job that they hate. Absolutely. If, if the reason you're thankful for your job is because you enjoy it, you, you think you're in a good circumstance. Great. Good for you. But as you say that, Think of people out there who are just in that drudgery of hating their job. They're in in an incredible rut. It's killing their mood, killing their spirit. Being grateful for something has to go hand in hand with recognizing what the opposite is. If you're going to say that you're thankful for your family's health, then you, for me, you have to think about what the opposite of that might mean for another family. You know that that right now there is some family out there who's getting some sort of heart-crushing news that their child was diagnosed with cancer. And really, you know, don't just there's like a difference in two people who go to the they say they're gonna go swimming, and person A sort of dips their toe in the in the shallow end of the pool, but person B wears a, like a scuba tank and cannonballs in the deep end and stays underwater until their air runs out. And they explore every square inch of the pool surface and they come out and their fingers and toes are are like wrinkly, like raisins. Both people can say that they went to the pool, but that second person really has a much deeper, literally immersive experience and understanding of what that pool is like. So when you think about that, that family who has that, that sick kid, think about it at the level of the amount of fear and anxiety that the parents are experiencing. Think about the financial strain on the family from all the medical bills. Think about how their job is maybe getting tired of them having to take time off to go deal with with the sick kid all the time. Think about the strain on the relationship between the parents that dealing with a a tremendous illness like that can can cause in, in the parents' relationship. Think about all of those things, that sort of holistic picture, what that might mean for them. So when you say that you're thankful for your family's health, if you don't think about what it might be like for someone else who doesn't have that, then for me, your expression of gratitude and thankfulness sort of rings hollow. Yeah. You agree with that? Yep. And we all know that 
look, life is fragile. Things are fragile. Things are sort of transient in life. What was that quote you told me recently, hon? Oh, one of my favorite spiritual leaders, Eckhart Tolle, says, this too shall pass, right? Everybody says this too shall pass, and they use that for the bad times, but it's also the good times. Sure, sure. And I think it's important to acknowledge that just that, that we've all heard that that phrase that like we're all sort of one phone call from our knees, right? That things can change in a heartbeat. And it's important to recognize that. We all know people who have some version of the word thankful, blessed, grateful on a wall in their home, right? They get those block letters. Some have the little scripty fonts that got on Etsy. They go to Michael's, what have you. It's on the wall in their living room, on their dining room. And it's oftentimes surrounded by family photos. We know people who wear clothing, t-shirts with the word blessed on the front of it. We know people who have necklace charms with the word blessed on it. And that's all fine and good. But if those expressions of gratitude, if those expressions of being blessed aren't accompanied hand in hand by a genuine, deep acknowledgement of and recognition of the fact that a lot of people don't have that thing that they're saying they're thankful for, then that expression itself for me really does ring hollow. And I know some folks may not agree with this. I find it to be a little bit meaningless. Meaningless or less meaningful? Meaningless. I said it. Fuck it. Okay. If you're, if you're going to tell me you're thankful for your family without being willing to recognize what it might be like for someone who doesn't have family, then for me, your expression of that, of that, that gratitude, I can do without. One has to go with the other, in my opinion. Fair. And I know not everyone will agree with that, but that's how passionate about this I feel. One thing I'd like to do is just sort of reset things a little bit. Cause I think, I think that there are a lot of folks out there who still sort of struggle with understanding what empathy is. Right. I think this is sort of an important building block for this whole concept. And a lot of people struggle with understanding the difference in sympathy and empathy. Sympathy is sort of more about the listener, right? If someone tells you that they got in a car accident and you say, Oh, I'm sorry that happened to you. It's sort of distant. And it's about you saying, I am sorry. I feel sorry that you're experiencing something bad. Mm-hmm. That's sort of the end of it. Right. We, we look, we all do this. Someone you barely know says, Oh, my, my dog died. Oh, I'm sorry that happened to you. Right. Sorry for your loss. Sorry for your loss. But empathy, empathy is look, when, when someone says, man, I, I, I got in a car accident and you know, that, hey, that can mean the car was totaled. It can mean trouble getting to work. It can mean the inconvenience of dealing with the the insurance company. It can mean a lot of things. And when someone says, hey, I got in a car accident, and you say, oh my gosh, were you hurt? I know I know what a pain in the butt that's going to be to deal with. You might wake up tomorrow with, with, with whiplash. Taking that, there's those few extra sentences, that little bit of extra effort helps build connection, right? It helps that that person you're talking to they then feel like, wow, this person gets it. They're, they, they see me. They see me. They hear me. They understand it. And it's that level of connection that can help bring compassion to that person. It can, it can help bring comfort to them. And that's why I think this, this, this whole topic is sort of so important. I know like with, with, with my mom, you know, my mom is elderly. And for me, just as an example, if I were to get a flat tire, like for me, a flat tire is a 30 minute interruption in my day. My hand's going to get a little dirty. I'm going to get a little sweaty. 
But that's really all it is. It's just an inconvenience. But I know that for my mom, having a flat tire would be terrifying. She's not super tech savvy. She would feel lost and alone. Mm-hmm. She's a, a big time creature of, of habit. She likes routine. She doesn't deal well with things that are spontaneous. And for her, suddenly getting a flat tire on the road would be traumatizing. Right. Right. I understand that. And that that's me using empathy to recognize, even though I don't share those feelings, it wouldn't affect me in that way. I'm able to see how it would affect her in those ways. Right. Also, I'm telling your mom that you called her elderly in front of people. Have at it. So empathy is, to sort of put it simply, it's defined as the capacity to see things from another person's perspective. And set aside like psychopaths, right? The, the relatively small percentage of people. We all know one. We all know one, right? But set aside those folks. We're all born with the, the ability to be empathetic. We're born with that capacity. Agreed. But it's a skill. It's a thing that can be learned. It can be honed. And ideally we would grow up in homes where our parents would, would model empathy, right? That'd be the easiest way for us to learn is as children, seeing it practiced in our home and sort of growing up in that environment. But for folks who didn't grow up seeing that there is hope, right? Yes. There is hope because empathy can still be learned and practiced later in life. And I think that you and I, Han, have sort of acknowledged that that over time, over our years, we've grown increasingly empathetic. Definitely. I, I don't think that I was a super empathetic person growing up, maybe because it wasn't modeled well for me. Not to say that, you know, my mom wasn't empathetic. Uh, surely she was, but maybe not to the extent that I am today. Um, but I think it's been a journey for the two of us and an unfolding, right? We've, everybody lives through and deals with things and making sure that you carry those with you to your next experience. It's, it's easier to teleport yourself in your mind back to those times that weren't as good as they are today. Right. So you think, you think looking back on what was versus what is for us has helped us sort of come into this, this space now? Definitely. For me, yes. You know, I've, and and I've traveled a lot too. And so I've seen things that a lot of people don't, don't have the privilege of seeing through this vantage point. Right. I've seen what it is to be in a, in an oppressive country where women are, they have no rights. They have no voice. I've been there and I've seen it happen. I've also been to places that are impoverished and people have nothing. Right. So I've seen that but I've also lived some of that to an extent. And so I'm able to kind of remind myself how to draw on those experiences to make me more empathetic when I encounter somebody who's having a tough time. Yes. I think for me, it was, it was my time working as a cop. I mean, that, that for me exposed me to, to things that I hadn't seen before in my life. It, it, it showed me some folks at their worst. It showed me folks living in circumstances that I wasn't familiar with growing up as a kid. And it really helped to open my eyes to quote unquote, how the other half lives, mm-hmm. you know, to see people battling substance abuse, battling addiction, battling poverty, battling crime, um, to see marginalized folks living their lives and, and surviving day after day to me was, was incredibly eye-opening. Mm-hmm. And it, it helped to give me a perspective that I lacked before. 
I think those those earlier experiences combined with uh, some of that little bit of wisdom that perhaps comes with aging, if you're fortunate, mm-hmm. um, has has helped to lead us to to where we are now on it. And look, I could go on and on with with example after example of of uh, the ways in which people can practice this. Mm-hmm. Right, whatever you're thankful for, think of the inverse. If you're thankful for your home, think of a someone who is homeless. Thankful for your significant other. Think of someone who wants but doesn't have a partner in life. If you're if you're thankful for anything, anything in your life that you're you say you're grateful for, then damn it, you have to base that on the understanding that other folks don't have that. That's true. And the recognition of what your life would be without it. Yeah, and I think the more you do that, the easier it becomes too. It's like a muscle. Absolutely. Like when every time that Steve and I get any sort of cocktail or drink or whatever, so we daily, always, well, daily, many times a day, um, we always toast each other or cheers each other. And, and we are thankful for this thing. And, you know, because we have experienced this other thing, or I'm thankful for that because I know that the other thing would suck, you know, so we try to embrace it at every step of the way every day. I want to add to that. There, there's yeah. a, there's a little piece of that, that uh, folks don't know, and maybe they don't care to hear about, but we're going to tell them anyway. When we talk about being grateful for those things, we've talked about your job quite a bit yep. already on the show, right? And it's your job that affords us the home and so on and so forth. Blah blah. We talk about. We also express gratitude for your past jobs, mm-hmm. your past roles that that maybe the ones that I hated, the ones that were stepping stones to where you are now, mm-hmm. and not only the past roles, but we talk about the people. We talk about the the very specific managers and leaders you've had in the past who believed in you, who trusted you, who who saw potential in you, who helped put you in positions right. that eventually led to where you are now even the ones that were shitty managers i still think about because they taught me how i specifically how i wanted to be different and as it relates to this episode though thinking about those old roles and those old managers and things has to come with the understanding that not everyone has had that the the good fortune of having had that experience right right there are folks out there who work and this is not an insult to you, but there are folks out there who work just as hard as you do. Maybe harder. Yep. Maybe harder, but for whom perhaps the ball hasn't bounced their way right. at the times or in the ways or in, in the number of ways that it is, has bounced for you. Yep. And for us, the depth of that gratitude comes from recognizing that not everyone is fortunate to have that same experience. Right. One has to go with the other. All right, so let, let's cut it there. I, mean, I can go on and on all day long about this. You know, folks, the, the takeaway is, is very simple. And I want to leave you with sort of a little virtual homework assignment, right? So the next time you find yourself thinking or saying, man, I'm thankful for X, I'm grateful for X, or I'm blessed, I want you to actively, you don't have to write it down, you don't have to tell anyone, but just think to yourself about someone who doesn't have whatever that thing is that you're saying you're grateful for. Do that for yourself. Do it for us. Do it for yourself predominantly. And and then do it again. And then do it again. And before long, it'll become a habit. And I think you'll find that the more often you do that, the more frequently you think of sort of the less fortunate in these ways, whatever the way is, whatever the thing is, the more frequently you do it, it'll become a habit. And I think you'll find that your gratitude will become so much richer and so much deeper. Yep. Agreed. 
that's it. Let's wrap it up. Uh, thank you as always for joining us. And, uh, you know, if you, if you enjoy the content as always, please subscribe to the podcast. And if you know someone who you think might also enjoy it or might benefit from it, please don't hesitate to share it with them. Honey, any closing thoughts? No, I think just keep practicing empathy and gratitude and it will continue to grow. Empathy is, uh, I'm telling you, it's the bedrock. It's the foundation of gratitude. It has to be. And gratitude without empathy, I'm going to say it again, is meaningless.